Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Calgary Bulls Football Podcast. Uh, this is, uh, you know, Uncle CD here, <laughs> the usual guy. And uh, we've got uh, Victor Speck, another usual guy on the other side. Mm-hmm. What's up, yo? Yeah, and today we've got uh, our boy Felix is back. Uh, <laughs> the Manchester City uh, Premier League champions, um, Felix. Yes, yes. I'm just happy, bro. I'm just happy. You're just happy, eh? Congrats on the congrats on the uh, on the Premier League. By the way, um, la- yeah, last week we talked about how you guys saved the world from uh, uh, Liverpool apocalypse. Um, so, <laughs> so as much yeah, as much as I hate to say it, uh, we're grateful, and uh, you know, I guess a city united uh, thanks to you guys. You know. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. You guys are welcome. We took one for the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, you guys took one <laughs> for the Premier League. <laughs> well, game. Anyway, we'll, we'll jump into Manchester City in a bit. But today, uh, today's agenda, just to kind of you know get things going, uh, we will be covering first and foremost the big game tomorrow, which is the Champions League. Um, and then we will jump after the, into the Champions League. We'll jump into City's uh, uh, title win. And uh, then we'll cover top four and our specific team. So Manchester United and Chelsea for Victor. Um, we'll cover those squads. And also to- uh, Tottenham, because Tottenham, you know, made it into the Champions League. It will be a very good opportunity for us to kind of see how and how they, you know, how, how did they get there? Uh, but without further ado, let's get right into it, man. Um, we got, uh, uh, you know, the, the Champions League tomorrow, boys. So right off the bat, I'm gonna ask this right away, rather than waiting for anything, uh, or you know, waiting waiting to ask this at the end. Who do you guys got tomorrow to win this Champions League tomorrow? We'll start with you, uh, Felix. Yo, is Felix there or what's happening? Felix, you good? <laughs> Felix is like, you know what? I don't have a, I don't, I don't have a prediction. I don't have a prediction right now. Can I'm, you hear me now? Too stressed. Oh, there you go. Yeah, we can hear you. Yeah, no. Yeah, it is my mic. Oh, it's all good. Yeah. Who'd so, you got, who'd, yeah. Who do you got for uh, uh, for um, uh, for Real Madrid versus Liverpool tomorrow? Well, um, hatred aside, I Real Madrid have you send it back. Okay. So Real Madrid, eh? Oh, yep. Victor, what about you? I hate both of them, but honestly, <laughs> I, I I think it's gonna be uh Liverpool taking it. You think it's gonna be Liverpool taking it, eh? Yeah, but I may be wrong. But either way, I don't give a damn. I, I only care maybe if if Liverpool wins it because it's club, and I only care if uh, Real Madrid win it because Hazard is there and Ancelotti deserves something. So. Mm. It's a neutral thing for me, you know. I would just uh, sit back and enjoy the show. <laughs> I would awesome. say if if Liverpool wants a chance, they need to find someone to go poke Ancelotti's eye so he doesn't have that look. <laughs> <laughs> See, I love that. <laughs> I, love, I love that look, man. That's one of my favorite. Don Ancelotti, man. I'm a fan of. <laughs> I'm a big fan of my boy Ancelotti, man. I can't. Oh man, I want I want Real Madrid to like absolutely 
steamroll this thing. Um, but I'm gonna be realistic. That Liverpool team is too good, man. That yeah. Liverpool team is too like, good. Stack. To be honest, um, that team was very good. But if you take a look at the last few games, they ran out of steam. Um, Liverpool's team is is centered around the first eleven. They don't have mm-hmm. that depth. So if you're going to one-on-one match with something like Real Madrid, uh, those guys will play until the whistle, like the final whistle. So Madrid can lose the first 45, 50 minutes. But when you go to 90, when you have Karim Benzema and Vini coming down the other side, much bad trend, come on. I don't know, bro. Yeah, <laughs> I, I hear exactly what you're saying. But when you mention that they don't have death, is that really true, though? It's true. Okay, let me, let me give you a quick example. Uh, Salah right now is actually not 100%. Uh, he's actually kind of injured. Even if he plays tomorrow, you won't be 100%. So mm-hmm. let's say they cannot play him. Who's going to go in Salah's position and have the same impact? Um, Let me chime in on this. I think Liverpool has depth. <laughs> there has been something over the over the past couple of seasons that we've said, oh, yeah, they don't have depth. But now they do. Um, They got Diego Jota. They have Luis Diaz that's going to go in that spot. Diogo Jota is like a goal machine, right? So he can basically play like that Salah role if needed, right? Luis Diaz, he can cover for Mane if needed. The only person I think they don't have like a solid uh, backup for yet is probably Firmino. But then uh, uh, was it Takumi um, Minamito or whatever his name is? Minamino, yeah, Minamino. Um, he has the ability to also do that. So, and then you also have the super, 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 super sub, uh, Diva Corrigi, <laughs> and this is his last. This will be his last game with Liverpool. And um, I don't think it's a matter now of them not having depth. I think they have loads of depth. Like no, no, like they, they built it. They built. They built it over the past couple seasons to a point where it's like now they're depth. Is very reliable. Nah, very don't reliable. get me wrong. That depth is built for a team like Brighton. But Real Madrid, nothing. Yeah. Nah. I see what you I see what you're saying, where the depth may not come in play when you're playing against uh, Real Madrid. Because obviously, you know, who are who are you gonna take off, especially in Salah's position? Uh mm-hmm. to do but I, I I really want us to um um, I really want us to kind of like look look at it from a, a different angle here, especially um, when you are t- or when when we're talking about um, uh, you know the the options that are available to them. So, for example, Mane, uh, Mane obviously is uh, it's obvious everybody knows he's world class, like he's a world class player. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, this guy, you know, uh, single handedly can pop up and, you know, get goals out of nothing. Um, you know, we've seen we've seen him do this quite a lot. Now, the other side too as well, we can all agree at least that Luis Diaz so far this season has, you know, come in and fit like a glove. It's like another version of Mane. Um, and if you if you take Mane off, Luis Diaz does the business, right? So we can at Best least... Have, right? Yeah. Yeah, so... Um and, and yeah, you're saying he's uh, even you're even saying he's the best transfer uh, uh the 
January season. I, I will say Kulusevsky can give him a run of run for his money, but mm-hmm. that you know a whole different thing, right? But you know, Luis Diaz fits like a glove. Everything is good there. Then the other side too. Now you can jump into is you can jump into the other piece where uh, uh, you know you're looking at uh, the striking options, right? So uh, Firmino uh, doesn't really start anymore, but he can come in, does a job. He pops up, he scores when he needs to. Um, and he absolutely helps the link up play for their midfield, you know, and helps them, you know, covering the press, all of that. He does it well. Uh, the other the other person, too, that we want to look at, too, is Diogo Jota, who kind of subs in for him. Um, and then if you even go lower, you also look at another guy, Divock Origi, which um, you can say, okay, they're good for Brighton, but let's not forget Divock Origi was the one who scored the goal against Barcelona, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and he's he's one of those, he just comes in, he just does the job. Like, that's, yeah, that's just the thing, right? So let's just be realistic there. Now, the other thing too as well, okay, Salah looks iffy. That's the only position we can say maybe they have a problem is Salah's position. Like, if Salah gets out injured, who subs in for him? But mm-hmm. are you telling me that we cannot get any of the other subs in there to kind of fill up Salah's position. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, like I feel like to fill up Salah's position, uh, position, right? They'll put someone like Jota or, or Sharif Southall to get money out there, then put mm-hmm. someone in the middle. But that messes up their game plan. You no, know, so, okay. so I feel like it's, it'll be a stretch for both teams. Like, um, like Liverpool is a great team. We cannot take that away from them. Like yeah. they don't really play that individual game, uh, they just go in there and rock and roll with their metro tactics. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so it's I feel like that's what would drive them because like even Salah could be still out, but the gameplay is still the same, right? It's it's mm-hmm. all about where they're gonna get a goal from. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So um, that's the advantage of uh, Liverpool. Yeah, they uh they have like I don't. The way the, the way they play, they pretty much don't. Uh, yes, they rely on the players, but it's mostly what club does and how he how he pretty much sets the team up, and um, that's gonna be something that uh, Real is gonna have to cope with. And freaking Real, they went and got Chumeni. <laughs> they have uh, Kamavinga. I'm so happy Mbappe turned them down. <laughs> you know, like uh, they they're just trying to just buy everyone right now. And uh, they're trying to build back that uh, Galacticos. Yeah, but it's gonna take them a long time. They also they also have Milen- uh, uh, Milenko Savage, right? From uh, was it from Lazio coming in as well? I'm hearing from Fabricio. So there's a lot of things that Real is trying to do, and I just hope that they fucking fail. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like yeah, fuck them, bro. Like, and just like, just like Benson said last week, where are they getting this money from, man? Like, like, like the thing is with Real Madrid. If you check the the last couple of windows, they were never really buying. Actually, they're actually selling, uh, and they were saving money to buy Mbappe. But if they can't, that means they have a lot of money to go around. So, yeah, it's just gonna be very interesting. But let's look at tomorrow, guys. I'm serious. Like, head-to-head, Real Madrid is one game ahead of Liverpool. I think Madrid has won four times, Liverpool three times, and they drew once. Yeah. If I'm mistaken, I'm not sure, but the difference is one game, pretty much. 
and the yeah. way in losses. And it's a revenge game for both teams. Liverpool yeah. wants to revenge that final, and same thing with Madrid. An old one before I was even born, they want to revenge that. So yeah. <laughs> it's, it's crazy because, like, I was in denial when people told me not to celebrate. Real Madrid is a Champions League team. I was like, nah, we have Pep. We are I. <laughs> and they knocked us out. Mm. And I was shook. Then I realized this is a different caliber. Like, you know, yeah, we are too young in this. Like, we are, we are young boys when it comes to this. <laughs> like, yeah. Madrid is the big guys. City, the, the, City. City don't have the European pedigree. That's the only like, thing. Yeah, like, and, and another issue, too, in that game is... Pep taking out Kevin De Bruyne because he thought the game. Yeah. yeah, it comes down to what I said in the very beginning. Like, what what Real Madrid might have over Liverpool is these guys play to the whistle until the 90th minute. We mm-hmm. stopped playing at 60 minutes or 70 or whatever. We started making subs. Like, we have this one in the bag. Look at what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, so, but but like one thing I want to say, I know you've mentioned this about ninety minutes. That's the style. That's Real Madrid's uh, Amamata, right? But yeah. um, re- that isn't that. If you really think about it, doesn't that flow over um, what you call it? Uh, uh, you know, two games because it's not really ninety minutes. It's a it's a hundred and eighty minutes, <laughs> right? Because Real, uh, yeah, they could beat you, you know, first leg. They can also lose to you first leg, right? Mm-hmm. Um, playing. Yeah, and there, and there's and the difference is there's two legs, right? So this time it's over one leg. So yeah. can you really bank on Real winning over um, the one leg? Okay. Let me let me give you a quick, a quick example. If you looked at this past campaign, Madrid yeah. has been paying very well outside of the Santiago Bernabal. Like, if you look at all their games away, they look very dangerous. Mm. That means these guys have been practicing to play in a different stadium on the final stage mm. the entire season. And they are there, going into Paris to show Mbappe what is missing on. I'm telling you guys. <laughs> 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 it's it's going to be a wild game. It's going to be a wild okay. game. But I, okay. Your 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 statements are valid, but I still think Liverpool is gonna take it, man. I think it's still gonna take it. Like I can see, on paper, yes, I can see it. Like I can not, definitely see not it. Even on, on on paper, is Real Madrid. <laughs> it is not no, Liverpool. On, on, on paper, it's Liverpool. No, on paper, Do you know why I'm saying that? If you wanna yeah. look at what on paper is saying, look at even on the betting odds. The odds right now, if if you bet on Liverpool. You won't get as much money as you bet on Real Madrid winning. Because mm. on paper, Liverpool has the game. It's Liverpool's game to lose. But the other way that I'm coming around is in reality, I feel like Liverpool has been slowing down. They're not as strong as they were when the season kicked off. Like right, like they almost got handled by Wolves. Yeah. By Wolves just like they ran out of gas. But wouldn't yeah, you? Wouldn't you still? Yes. But wouldn't you still say? I don't. I. I wouldn't even even call that they ran out of gas. I just would say they dug in deep. If anything, City were running out of gas. You know, mm-hmm. Liverpool went on this ferocious run and just I don't. How many games did they tie or you know really lose except for that one game that um seemed to uh to kill them there, right? So 
I, I just don't know, man. I don't see it as Liverpool slowing down. If anything, I just feel like Liverpool dug in deep with every little thing that they've mm -hmm. had. Um, and and you can almost even say the same about uh, uh, Real Madrid because Real Madrid, where they're winning all of their, you know, their games. No, they weren't really winning all their games. The only, you know, they 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 were losing games. But then, you know, second leg coming back to like show you like, hey, we are still in this, right? You know, mm -hmm. you look at uh, uh, PSG, they lost the first game. You look at uh, Chelsea, they lost the second game. But then they, they went to overtime. They dug deep, won in overtime or, uh, yeah, overtime. Then you look at, uh, yeah, City too, the exact same thing. You know, they were, they, they lost in the first leg. Second leg, they were losing up to until the last little bit, and then you know they they pulled it out, right? So that's the one thing I would say is, um, if anything, li uh, Liverpool looks to me the healthiest getting into this whole thing because they have managed uh, um, their squad well. Um, and yes, there's injuries now, I get it, but still, overall, it looks like they've managed their squad well. They're going into it from a position of strength. The comeback that they had against Villarreal was absolutely out of this world. Um, and uh, then you have Real Madrid, who looks like every single time they're down and out, and then they keep coming back. I'm just saying, like, let's not – I know, you know, we, we have, like, history here. But if you look at also, like, if you want to talk about history, both sides, how when was the last time they, they lost uh, – uh, you know, a Champions League final. You can say, okay, you know, uh, Liverpool lost to Real Madrid. That was the last time. But usually in the last, like, five, I think you can say uh, they've won four out of five of the last mm -hmm. Champions League that they've shown up. So history yeah. is on both team sides. That's what I'm saying. It's not as an easy call to make, to be honest. Yeah, because, like, isn't it the last time Madrid lost a final was also against Liverpool? Oh, was it? Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I, was in, I think that was in 1980-something. That's the revenge, 19, yeah. That's the revenge that they're going for. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. It was the 1981 uh, final. Yeah. See, there you go. But, yeah, so they don't, they don't, uh, you know, they, they, uh, they, these teams don't lose finals that much. Um, they both have, like, Champions League history, right? So, um, I think I think it's not an easy call to make. I think this is gonna be a very tricky one, but as neutrals, I hope it goes all the way down to the wire. I hope it it's it finishes. Yeah, we don't uh, want the repeat of that uh, last final uh, when when uh, when golf Bell was doing bicycle kicks. The game was settled. The yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bell came in and killed everybody's dream. Hashtag Carius. Carius was talking about. So, Karius had a concussion that game, man. Eh? Did he? Yeah, there was a there was a research done on it. He oh. had a concussion, so and that's why when everybody were like, because uh, he was making all those stupid mistakes, but that was because the ball uh, in the early stages of the game collided, uh, something collided with his head, either a player or the ball, right? And he caught a concussion. And he oh, was weird. playing with a concussion. Weird. It's almost. Uh, and that's the thing with these like concussion protocols. Like when uh when things happen, some of these people just need to speak up and be like, "Yo, I'm not feeling well, man." Like, 
Because at the end of the day, you'll cost your team, right? If you if you don't, because that shit mm. is pretty tight. Have you guys seen uh, Karis, uh, Karis's, um latest uh, body pictures? No. No, no, no. What happened? Bro, he, he is jacked, man. Like, he Did got, he? like, jacked. He looks like, a, you know, seriously, like a WWE wrestler. I don't know if you guys have a chance. Go search up, like, Karis's new, like, muscle pick this boy just got like big <laughs> um <laughs> but i think he kind of knows that he's not gonna have um a career in um uh what they call it uh football for that much because mm-hmm. he's not been getting really a lot of game game time so yeah yeah but he got where, really where is he now? um i think he's coming back from loan to uh to liverpool but i think his contract runs out he was at either he was in turkey somewhere in mm-hmm. turkey yeah so anyway but yeah guys um anywho so vic you're calling it liverpool are gonna win it even though you don't care uh felix you're calling it real madrid and uh me i'm calling it uh real madrid but i think liverpool <laughs> will do it uh so I can't do uh, that. like yeah i know i can't <laughs> I, I, my pick is Real Madrid, but I, I just think Liverpool. I think Liverpool will do it, man. These these guys just have, um, yeah, they have too much on their locker, man. To be honest, yo, Karius is looking like John Cena. Yeah, <laughs> man, right. Yeah, he's looking really big boy. He's a big boy. Uh, but um, anyway, the, the the I think the other thing too as well. Before we even um, you know, kind of settle, I think we've kind of talked about the offense and all that. Um, but I think one one thing we're really missing out on is uh, the midfield and the defense of these teams. Just to kind of yeah. have a quick touch on the, on that, um, you know, because obviously on the midfield you have one side has Modric, um, you have uh, on the other side they have um, uh, what they call it. So there's Modric, there's uh, Casemiro, and there's Tony Cruz who've been managing mm-hmm. Real Madrid midfield. But on the other yeah. side. Uh, yeah, they have a lot of experience. On the other side too, there's also experience, but they've yeah, got yeah. yeah, they've got <laughs> they've got Thiago, they've got uh Henderson, they've got Fabinho, uh Naby Keita. So on both sides Everyone of the corner. Everyone else there besides Henderson. Yes. Sorry? Everyone else on that list besides Henderson. Be- besides who? Vanderson? Besides uh, besides Henderson. Um, oh Henderson! Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Everyone else, yes, but him, nah. Uh, Bro, what do you mean, man? Why do people put Henderson down? I don't understand that, man. I like, lost the sauce, bro. Yeah, maybe now, but you never know what happens tomorrow. What if Henderson is the guy that comes out and does the job? You know what? Right? You know what we should do? We should do another one on Sunday after the game. If Henderson yeah. plays, <laughs> mark my words, guys, we're sick of this conversation. Yeah. If I was club, I wouldn't even play him. Really? Yeah, I w- I wouldn't. Okay. Well, that's uh that's uh that's an interesting take. Um uh and and the reason why, like what why what is your issue with uh, Henderson? Mm-hmm. Okay, for example, we've we seen games where Nabi Keita is in and what he does in the midfield as opposed to when there's Henderson. Hmm. When you put Keita, Fabino, and Thiago in the level mid, bro, I'm telling you, it's different sort. But when yeah. Henderson is there, it's kind of it's it's a bit slow. So yeah, you're, you're saying uh, basically 
you're calling Henderson just a runner, basically. Yeah. And and not one who's technically gifted. Exactly. But man, I would tell you this. Sometimes in a game like this against experience, all you need is a guy that can run them to the ground because they're old. Right? True. Real is old. The only thing that's gonna change Real's game is when they start to sub off all those old guys and start to bring Kamavinga. Every time they bring in Kamavinga is when they've had that comeback. Every time. Every single time. Every single yeah. time. Because the thing is, Angelo is also kind of doing the same thing where you want to just use the old players. But these new ones can give you something different. Yeah. Same applies to Liverpool. I, I hear what you're saying. Um, and I honestly, I will say right away, I think I agree with uh, Victor on this one. Um, Henderson is very underrated. I've heard so many people with Henderson's slander. Like, look, I, Henderson is not the most, he, he's not the one you look at and you say, okay, you know, we yeah, have you know, yeah, exactly. It's not like, oh, yeah, he's so beautiful and graceful on the ball. Like, uh, you he's know, not techie, uh, he's not techie tech. Right. Yeah, he's not he's not one of those guys, right? But for me, Henderson is just like a force in your midfield, back and mm-hmm. forth, right? And a big thing for me is you know, you need two way players a lot. I, you know, you hear hockey, that hockey term, two way players, very good offensively, yeah. but also very good defensively. And I think that's what Hen- uh, Henderson gives you. He gives you that uh option of he can do it up front. He can also do it while uh, going back, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I think that uh, he's very, very uh, um, under underrated, and I think people need to give him just a little bit my, more credit. My prediction him. is if he starts tomorrow, he's not finished in the 90 minutes. Well, of course. Uh, yeah. They have so many options. Um, but I think he gives you balance, though, right? Mm-hmm. The speed, the power, the the intensity in the game. He gives you a lot of balance and the way he reads the game too. Like yeah. defensively, it's it's huge. Uh, one of the you know, one of the players that used to do stuff like that that is also just as underrated. Yeah. Who? Look, isn't like um like continue. Yeah, is James James Milner. James yeah, Milner. Yeah, he's the classic guy that's everybody used to kind of overlook, but he's the number one type of guy that you're like, I need this guy. It's because... like it's like Milner is one of those players. Um, he used to Liverpool and City back in the days. Yeah. What uh, Fernandinho was. It's like with Milner, if you don't have anyone for that position, put him there. He will do the yeah. work. Perfect yeah. to a player. Yeah. Perfect. It's, what's that? <clears throat> what's that saying that uh, we use a lot, which is like, um, hard work beats talent when talent's not working, and guaranteed, sometimes yeah. these guys that have talent just rely on their talent. But what happens yeah. when a team has scouted you out so much that they know how you're going to play the ball exactly, precisely, and close you out? How are you going to get out of it? You need hard work, right? Sometimes so, you need to be able to improvise within, exactly. within the game. And that is what makes Henderson a massive force because he can work. Even if like he doesn't have that technical, that technical uh, uh, abilities like that, he can still put out a nice pass that can just kill – like that that can just send it to the next zone, you know, like to just break the line. So hold it, keep it simple. Like, man, this is, the best players are the ones that just simplify their game. Not the ones that are like fucking going crazy all the time, trying to do this, trying to do that. No, you know? 
Yeah, yeah. I feel like a master that is like if you look at Thiago's game, it doesn't do too much, but he does it nicely. Yeah, I yeah, know. Thiago's a good player. I know. Thiago, I Thiago. Thiago. I love Thiago. You guys should have been. I when anyway, don't get me started. But anyway, Thiago's <laughs> a phenomenal player. He's a phenomenal well, player. Neymar, Neymar said like uh one because uh, when he was saying uh, the players that are very technical, more technical than he is. Uh, Thiago was actually like uh, I think number two or three on his list right after uh, Messi and uh, and Hazard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, wow. because it, it doesn't really show it. Uh, because if you look at some of his games in Bayern Munich, sometimes it will show it, and you'll be like, "Wow, he can do this," but he, he rather does the simple stuff to get the job done. Yeah. 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 It's just like Firmino. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> No, that's Firmino, the only skill it does is that no look goal. Have you guys noticed Luis Diaz like does it like every bloody time? It's so yeah. funny. Um, anyway, I think the South American thing. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's pretty funny. Um, but just uh, I, I know I called us back on this, but uh, real quick. Um, the other thing too as well that I wanted to call out when you were saying all of that was uh well, don't forget their defense. If you look yeah. at the defense, man, you know, uh Liverpool's defense is way better. Yeah, so <laughs> better. that's just a thing, right? So uh, but you never know. Uh Benzema, Vinicius, and uh whoever they want to play yeah, out. I, I, I feel like the only time where Liverpool's defense could be shook. Is mm-hmm. both these teams love playing counter attack football, so mm-hmm. if Trent mm-hmm. is up there and and, and Robo and Robo, and someone loses the ball, man, Vin is out. He's Bro, gone. This game, this game is gonna be. <laughs> this game is gonna be like this, this, this game counter attack football. Bro, no, this game is going to be part of the bus situation for Real Madrid. They're gonna have like two, ten center backs in the fucking box. No, I can definitely see that. Because and if you yeah. want to see that they're planning on parking, if they start with uh, Casamero, they're definitely mm-hmm. parking the bus. Yeah, they're gonna play. They're gonna play just exactly how they started playing against PSG. That's exactly what they're gonna do. Park that. But bus. then again, the same with thing. Carlo, you can you can never be too sure, bro. Carlo yeah. Carlo doesn't have a definite style. Where you can be like, he's definitely gonna do this. Yeah, he's, he's very, do the opposite. He's very pragmatic, so. Yeah. He has a whole bunch of avenues to hit you. He'll be managing the game for sure. He'll be managing yeah. it. He is the real... Like, yeah. He, you, know, he, you know what I've noticed about Carlo? Yeah. That guy manages the game before the game starts. That's why he doesn't yeah. say anything. Uh-huh. Stick to the game plan. You just give him the look like... you Remember what we talked about before the game? Yeah. Like, it doesn't change anything. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, no. You're absolutely right. Like I, I hate when people say, "Oh, uh, such a pragmatic manager," and I'm like, "Okay, well, you're calling this guy a pragmatic manager, but the reality is, uh, the guy is not. He's a defensive manager. Because like, there's there's expansive managers, there's defensive managers, there's pragmatic managers, and pragmatic managers are managers that just go with the flow of the game. Okay, you know what? Who am I playing against? What what tools do I do I have? Um, it's and, like they try um, to figure it out within the game. Yeah, you know, they just respect like you know what their opponent is giving them, and then they respect their strengths. They don't try to say, "Oh, you know what? I truly believe that uh, 
I am going to uh, um, uh, what they call it uh, win win this game by playing you know passing football and all these crazy things, right? They just keep it simple. So um, anyway, so it's good it's good to see that uh, you know I, I I respect whatever you know when when people recognize like look this guy straight up really is pragmatic he's not he's not trying to do anything flimsy or fancy or anything like that he's keeping it simple and doing doing the needful to get the job done mm-hmm. anyhow cool guys well i guess we all got everybody's predictions down we've talked about what uh uh you know what the squads uh uh look like and what what needs to happen for them to be you know really successful here but um, I think, uh, you know, to close it out, all out, guys, um, you know, real quick, uh, you know, who do you think is going to be the difference maker tomorrow? For Liverpool, Luis Diaz. Luis Diaz? I, I think... feel like he, he might be that one that will do something for Liverpool. Unpredictable. Okay. Vic. Salah. <laughs> really? Salah, eh? Interesting. It's a Salah or Mane, I think. The big boys will come out tomorrow. And then if it's if it's Real Madrid, it'll be Benz. Yeah. Like for Real Madrid, I wanted to feel like Benz, but I, I feel like Benzema is going to be like uh, a distraction for the actual threat. I think Rodrigo. tomorrow is a game that we might actually see Vinny's true game, you know. Vinny. So I think Vinny Jr. might be the difference maker tomorrow for Madrid. Forget that, bro. If there's anybody who's going to be the difference maker, it'll be Benz or it'll be Rodrigo. Yeah, Rodrigo, I can see that. I can see Interesting. That. Okay. Well, um, I was I was gonna say Benzema, but Victor said Benzema, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go uh, completely off key here. And I'll just give it to the, the midfielders. midfielders. I yeah. See that. yeah, I thought about that too. Yeah, it's a game of it's a game for the midfield. I think I, whoever... I truly feel like it does come down to that mid Yeah, it does. It, 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 the bench. It's it seriously does though. Like if you actually think about it, that's all it's gonna come down to. Um, and the one thing is, I I feel I feel like. The the midfielder that you think is gonna be like, for example, okay, let's go to our usual either Modric, Thiago, um, Fabinho, uh, Cruz, maybe, but it might be somebody like Camavinga. He just comes in, or even Federico Valverde. You know, mm-hmm. somebody that we're not really keeping our eyes on, and then the next minute you just see, hey, this guy just popped up out of nowhere, and guess what? <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, and, you know, and like I, I do see that for both teams. That's why I say like I would even pick someone like Benzema because that's mm. what that's who everyone is looking at. But yeah. maybe that one guy that would just yeah. sneak in when you're yeah. looking at Benzema and the goal comes in. Yeah, absolutely. And that happened. If you, you want to see why I'm saying that, the last game of the CE, Benzema was the one that was being talked about because he was causing the distraction. He was so fixated on Benzema, Rodrigo was just running free. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was yeah, so man. simple. So simple, yeah. yet so effective. Oh, well. So, um, right now, the way we're talking about, you know, defense and everything, what if this game ends up being a 5-4, 5-5 affair? If it ends up being like that, that means both defenses were beaten. But 
I could see that on Real Madrid side. But if we were letting four five in, that means um, Virgil didn't come to play, you know. I, I will. I, yeah. <laughs> I think. I think. I think we would all love a final that would go five five. Honestly, honestly, yeah. Honestly, I I highly doubt we could have that type of a final. But because I will tell you the reason why, as you said, um, uh, Felix, Liverpool's defense, we can be rest assured that they're gonna be out there, right? Yeah. But, uh, uh. Uh, Real Madrid's defense with Alaba and um, what you call him, uh, uh, Militao uh, and Carvajal and uh, Mendy, those guys have shown that they can be beat. They've been, they've shown it time and time again. You can get behind them. You can score goals. So, or you can get into their heads. They get yellow cards. They can play very well. Yeah, they can. They can. You know, yeah, they, they can't make a tackle or anything. But uh, the thing is, Real Madrid has to play the perfect game on defense. Liverpool don't. You see what I mean? Real Madrid has to play the perfect game on defense. Liverpool don't have to. And I think that is that is that yeah, that's where the difference uh will come through. So um yeah, so that's that's my own take is Real Madrid Real Madrid need that defensive lockdown. Liverpool, Liverpool can get away with maybe okay one or two goals against them because they know they have that offensive firehouse, uh, firepower. So that's my take. It might, you know, Real Madrid may come through uh, uh, the next game and absolutely lock it down on defense, win the game one nothing, and then you know the rest is history. But I really think that uh, Real Madrid need to like lock it down on their side. True, I agree with Benson on this one. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Cool. Awesome, guys. Well, um, you know, that's our coverage on the Champions League. And uh, we will uh, take it to the next step here. We're going to jump into uh, quickly onto City. So City has, uh, as we all know, are the new uh, uh, champions of the uh, Barclays Premier League. Well, not new. They, you guys retained your, uh, uh, your Premier League title. Uh, yeah. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. Uh, but uh, how did that go? How do you? How did that? Um, you know, uh, for you, what do you? How do? You, how are you feeling, Felix? Um. Well, to be honest, I'm happy. Yes. Back to back champions. It's not easy, especially on the course of 38 games. Yeah. Back to back seasons, just staying on top. It's yeah. just, It's not an easy feat. Right, it takes a toll on your players, mm-hmm. but um, you know, I'm I'm getting used to this winning domestic situation. You know, we done we've done the most in England, we've proven ourselves. But yeah. now it's time to go the next step. I can always come and be flexing my Carabao and the FA Cups and the Premier League Cups. <laughs> I, I've had enough, you know. Yeah, it's, it's all right. Now, yeah. next season, we should fumble all of those in the domestic cups and go for the Champions League. Mm. And truly, if we felt that, then I just don't know. But but you know, that's a story for another day. In the meantime, I'm I'm very proud of my boys. You know, we did it. We didn't go out without a trophy at least because we sacrificed the FA Cup. Everyone noticed it, mm-hmm. and we sacrificed the Carabao. But to what end? It didn't mm-hmm. pay very quite well. So we'll see. But I'm happy regardless. I'm very happy. 
Yeah. Um, were you feeling a bit nervous? Um, you know, uh, how, like how, how did you guys, how did you take it on the day of? Because I'm sure you probably were like, what the hell is happening here? You know, this is Aston Villa. We should be 5-0 up at half yo, time. Yeah. It reminds me of when we won our very first Premier League. I was watching that game. Oh, yeah, the yeah. Same emotions. That was the most city way of winning, literally. Yeah. Uh, if you watch that QPR game, we, we were losing, bro. Like, it was done. Some fans mm -hmm. were even leaving the stadium. And the same thing happened versus Aston Villa. Some fans were, were like, yeah, this is done. Started leaving. And before you know, we started hearing people screaming. And, mm -hmm. and, and you're like, what's going on? Like, you want to try to go back, right? Yeah. That was me, too. Because, like, after the second goal, I was like, ah, let me just go make something in the kitchen. Because, like, you know, this, this game is done. But then I was like to myself, the game does have 90 minutes, you know? Mm -hmm. Let's just wait it out. Because <laughs> we have done it before. And we did it. Mm -hmm. That was crazy. But no one would have seen it coming. But as soon as I saw Ilkay coming on, I knew it. I knew it. Yeah, yeah, no. And anyone that watches football, even the pundits, as soon as Gundogan came on, they knew it. They were like, "Yeah, something's gonna happen." Yeah, that's the best sub Pep made all season. If he had done that versus Real Madrid, we'd be going to Paris tomorrow. But no, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Felix, don't lie, bro. You were fucking shaking, even on the even on the group chat, man. I was like, no, no, bro. no. go go in the group chat. From the get go, I was always saying there's 19 minutes. There's yeah, 19 yeah. minutes. I, I said that check. as well. Fucking Sean was going off, and uh, who was it? Uh, Ahmad was actually pretty yeah. quiet. Tony uh, was Ahmad was quiet up until the second goal. And yeah, Tony, I kept Tony saying, was the one who came minutes. in. Yeah, it was it was crazy. But as soon as as soon as I saw um, Philip Bottino going off and uh, Gondo coming in. I was like, it's done. I even told like, all you guys too. I said, go make your bets. <laughs> you guys didn't yeah, make because your the subs he made, they were yeah. true and genuine. Silva didn't have it. He got subbed. He put on someone that had it. Yeah, because he didn't, he didn't, he didn't have the presence, right? He yeah. didn't have the presence to cope with what De Bruyne was trying to do. But when a Gundogan came in, Gundogan was able to now elevate that, yeah. right? So and moving uh, Joao to the right side, and you push Zinchenko, that freed up a lot of space on that left side. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it was like to be honest, that's what Pep was supposed. Like the, he did the most Pep thing. Yeah, that was perfect. Mm -hmm. That that has been missing for. I think he realized that in this game when he was crying. I think that was like not even about tears of joy. Yeah, you know that's what been, you can actually do. And you guys' Champions League season does been missing. Yeah. And I'm telling you guys, this is a prediction right here. What you saw, that game of Aston Villa, that's going to be the change for everything we're seeing. And we're no longer going ease on teams playing fourth nine. We have Haaland. Come on. <laughs> Dubre, Dubre just kicked the ball with his eyes closed. It's a goal. I don't know. I don't I'm know. Happy. I have to wait and see. Next no, season so the thing is, you know, you know why, you know why I love C, right? It's every time. It's like literally every time people can call me on this. I remember mm -hmm. this one time when we had uh, the podcast. We we're talking about like look at his uh, uh, Jao, for example. When he first came in, he struggled the first season and the second half of the second one. Now look at him, one of the best players on C's team. Silver, mm -hmm. same thing. Ilkay, the same. KDB, 
same boat, everyone. Jake Greely's way off this season, but next season, it's going to be different. And the thing is with Haaland, he doesn't really need to fit in the system because he's going to be the, the person that's receiving at the end. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's like it just he can be excluded good. in the build-up or he just needs to do just time that run at the end. That's what he needs to perfect. But you won't have his best for his career next season. He's going to be built for the, the following one, but he's still going to have an impact. And that yeah. impact is going to resonate in the Champions League because we needed someone that's hungry. For example, that game versus Madrid, imagine if we had someone like Haaland when we subbed and Jack Grealish came on. He missed two chances, clear cut. But if that was Haaland, buried them. Mm. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. So uh, You guys got to also watch as well because you know me, I am Dortmund boy and these guys, um, Holland has been getting injured a lot lately, man. Like, really injured. So, look, that's true, but you know why? No offense to Dortmund fans that might listen to this, but the thing is, Dortmund don't have the facility like CE, like, they don't have the money. Mm-hmm. When you come to CE, you have world class doctors and men will fix you. You only have that issue. K- when KDB came from uh, Shulk, same thing, but look at him now. Going through the entire season. When he gets injured, one or two games is back. Walker, same thing. You know, like just lately. But the injuries these guys are coming back from, if just a different team, they'll be out for the season. Mm. Uh, I believe him. Uh, in, like, you will see. When it comes to City, it's the same thing uh, Lukaku. When he was at uh, United. Uh, United's uh, nutritionist was messing up Lukaku's diet. That's why he was always injured and was was bulky. After yeah. he went to Inter Milan, they fixed him there. Mm-hmm. He started playing to his highest potential. And mm-hmm. now he's back to Premier League. Look at what's going on. It's mm-hmm. Sometimes those coaching stuff in the back, they do way more that people don't actually see. If you don't have a good coaching stuff, it resonates on the, on the, like in the film. Like, for example, look at Hazard and Real Madrid. He's never been that injured in Chelsea. But mm-hmm. we all know there's something going on in the back end. You a lot of players get injured in Madrid because of the of the of the training uh, personnel. Right. right. So it comes down to that. You'll see. Haaland will be back. Yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes. Um there's also the other player too, Julian. Is it Julian Alvarez that you guys also got to? Yeah. Uh, yeah. from from River Plate. And I yeah. heard he scored he scored six goals in one game the other day. One an absolute like I mean that that stuff happens to me in amateur football right now, but like <laughs> you know professionals, if one guy scoring six goals at the like even though yeah you can say okay maybe you know the South American league is not at the highest level obviously, but those guys are still professional players. Um, so um, I think I think City has enough backup in case anything happens with Haaland. They've really. You, you guys really have set yourselves up for success. We have showed people in past two seasons without a without a center forward. So yeah. when Alan can be can be out the whole season, we still win the Premier League. Yeah. So well, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes, man. Um, I like the I like the confidence you're showing. Hey, we're still gonna win the Premier League. So you know, let's uh, let's see how that uh, looks like. <laughs> Last time when I said that, was that wrong? 
<laughs> uh, we'll see, we'll see. But uh, the Champions League is a whole different thing, though. <laughs> hey, you know, yeah, no, it's different. <laughs> it's different. Like Madrid humbled me. It showed me how much we're still missing as a team. But at yeah. the same time, I understand we're still we're still young, right? That's um, we are still building our legacy. Our time will come, and yeah. when the time comes, uh, I'm so ready for people. I yeah. bought a box of stickers for that moment. <laughs> you're funny awesome man there's cool gonna, there's gonna be a lot of errors that are coming in um this next season actually um so honestly man we we gotta wait and see because the the the, the how do i say this the throne will be at risk not, uh, not like it's not immediate. Eventually, yes. But for example, Ten Hag has a lot of work ahead of him. It's not gonna happen overnight. He needs time from the fans, the club, and himself to build the team to go back to what it was, the glory days. But, but there's you won't there's be a threat next season. There's, there's other errors that are coming up, right? The Tuku era is gonna come for sure. Not um, next season though. Oh, it's coming next season. And then you're going to have the, what do you call it, uh, the Antonio Conte era, which I think is the most Conte dangerous. Conte is coming, one. yes. That one is a threat. I think that's the most dangerous it. one. And as well, a very under underrated era that is pulling up is freaking uh, Eddie Howe. Mm. Uh, not yet. Too early. Not yet. Too early. Yeah. Yeah, I will. I will say. I would say honestly, like still the two kings. Uh, you know, well, the king right now is Pep, but the other guy can really look at this. Uh, um, what they call him at club. I think people should, uh, you know, really watch out for uh, Jurgen. And um, yeah, yeah. I, I feel I, like the only thing that can really pull those two off is not even anyone else that's coming this season. It's the number of games because the structures have changed. Um, yeah. So teams are going to play more games next season. That's yeah. the only thing that can drag those two back. But everyone else that's coming in right now, I feel like the immediate threat is going to be Conte. Because, like, mm-hmm. you know, he came, he's the only one who came out undefeated versus Liverpool and City out of all the managers. The only yeah. I, I watched a lot of uh, Tottenham. I don't think it is, they're quite there yet. I think they need to be a little bit more consistent uh, European-wise, um, you know. But, yes, they are definitely a threat. Um, and, honestly, <laughs> I'll be honest with you guys, if I had to pick between City and Liverpool, I'm picking Tottenham, man, all the way. But um, <laughs> I, I I did watch a quite, quite a bit of their games, and um, there were some things, there were some key pieces that I felt like they were missing. Mm-hmm. Uh but regardless, I I still think it's between it's still between Liverpool and, and yeah. City. I, I just and, don't and, see. And you know those pieces you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I think Conte might be might be fixing them. He got a blank check, or not real blank. I think 150 mil, but he can do a lot with that. He yeah. doesn't buy um those expensive he's got, players. He buys one, players that get the job done. You got 190 million. 190, yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Uh, I think you can you can close off those few things that they're missing because because yeah. like uh, Spurs was just missing a manager like Mourinho. 
Manchester in contests that caliber, where you come in, you challenge your upstairs, get the job done. Because if yeah. the upstairs gets in your business, you can't really change anything. Like what yeah. Jose said, you see at Spurs, money just change, but the players don't, but they expect a different result. You can't have yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And, and and this is, I think, a perfect segue. So let's jump right into it anyway. So uh, Tottenham, obviously, in the top four this season. Um, and uh, as, I mean, from what I'm hearing from you guys, loud and clear, it was Conte that was kind of key to that. But Felix, you also added a little bit of spice, which I really like on this. Because a big thing you mentioned was, hey, it's not just getting uh, a new manager in, but it's kind of getting new bodies into the door. Um so with some of the players that they've gotten into the door, I know I mentioned Kulusevsky earlier, but uh, could you guys point out to, you know, the other pieces that really made this team tick? Um, you know, we talk about Kulusevsky, we talk about Conte. Um, was Royale, there another... Royale was a good um, signing for the right back. You think so? Okay. Yeah. It's like, it's because that's his first season in the Premier League. He's still settling in, but he did pretty well. Um, but if I was Spurs... I may need to find a, a more defined center back uh, to lead the defense. And you don't, you, don't you rate uh, Christian Romero? It's like, it's not the, it, do, it doesn't bring that consistency to the table. Okay. Not, for example, look, let's say, for example, Liverpool is going to the game tomorrow. You know VVD is coming to play. You know. You expect mm-hmm. that from him. But you don't expect the same from the other man. Well, really, Christian Christian Romero has been, in fact, if anything, I think he's been the the one. Yes, like know, I'm not saying we're I'm not saying we're replacing him, but yeah. we're looking for a more commanding CB. Mm. Like, okay, there's the reason why I use VVD. He's a commander. Diaz is a commander. These are natural commanders. Like Diaz, mm. like you know, and VVD came into teams that had good CBs already. But these guys were commanding, holding the line, telling people they're out of position, like, you know, controlling the defense. And then every team needs that. Men's don't have that. I feel like I feel like they have that in Christian Romero because they prior to they had guys like Davison Sanchez, uh Eric Dyer, who in my opinion is an okay center back. I, I, I feel like he's the last time missed. I saw a yeah. commanding uh C B was what's his name? The guy that didn't have pace but was tall and uh, uh, Otherwild, Otherwild, Vertongen. Vertongen. Vertongen, okay, yeah. Yeah. That was a commanding presence. They haven't found that. Super Yan, Super Yan. <laughs> I, I honestly think the two of them, Otherwild and Vertongen, were both, in fact, very instrumental, but they were aging. Um, I, think, I think Christian Romero, they have a guy there. In fact, if anything, I think if they add one more solid piece to their center back partnership, they really will lock things down because they're playing. Exactly. You know, that's my but, point right there. Yeah, that's but, the but they need one more. Yeah, but Christian Romero, I think, in, in himself, uh, the only problem that he has had is injuries. Uh, apart from that, he's just been in himself, been phenomenal. Um, but uh, the other thing, too, as well, remember, they also signed uh, Bentancourt. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, but they signed uh, Bentacor from uh, uh, Juventus. So they've kind of raided Juventus. Um, and um, Bentancor, even when he started, looked off. 
but then he really like turned it up like towards the end like you know um the 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 combination between him and Hoiberg was pretty good um and uh yeah he he just he just really fit like a glove into that system that Conte was trying to that Conte is trying to build at the yeah, Tottenham definitely. side of things right but uh, gentlemen I'm going to be running a quick second okay so I'll check you okay. guys in this next segment all right, boss. You know, you take Ooh. care. Appreciate it. Cheers, bro. Cheers. Awesome. So, uh, the other the other thing too, I want to also also touch real quick onto before we forget what really kind of made things tick. Because look, man, uh, Vic, uh, remember, 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 um, uh, Harry Kane. Harry Kane basically started off this season not really giving a shit. And uh, at the end of the season, <laughs> look at him now. Like, you know, he was scoring banging goals left, right, and center for uh, Tottenham. Yeah. Um, you know, the guy the guy, the guy, guy really was kind of lost. And I think Conte somehow, or, or maybe, maybe not really what I think. Do you really think Conte influenced the way uh, Kane's performance uh, changed through the season? Absolutely. Yeah, I think he did. Because uh, uh, Kane wanted to leave, right? He wanted to leave Tottenham and after the deal didn't go through, he just wasn't as sharp and I think I kind of still feel like in a way he was trying to get them to sell him because there was nothing that he was looking forward to that he saw that, that could improve the squad or anything like that. So basically, when Antonio Conte now came in, I'm pretty sure Antonio Conte probably had like a conversation with him. It was like, hey, man, look, like I have plans here and I definitely want to change things up. And I need you to be part of those plans because if it's only going to work if you if you are willing to try and succeed here. Right. Yeah, and um, and I think that's like the massive thing that probably happened and. And now you can see uh, Kane can sort of see some something, and Son can also see it as well. Like both of them, they're both looking at it like, "Hey, we just got a guy who won the fucking uh, Premier League on his first try, right? He and he's with us now, so why don't we give him something? Kind of like how they were with Mourinho as well, right? So, mm-hmm. um, I think it's a massive thing that Kane buys into like the project of uh, Antonio Conte, because if he doesn't, then uh, Antonio Conte will probably have to find a replacement. And uh, knowing that Antonio Conte, he he's very like uh, how do you say it in a way very uh, maniacal in a way where he would just be like, okay, you know what? Like if you don't want to if you don't want to stay here and help, then you can go, right? Yeah. But I think uh, I think they they came to an agreement at some point, and and Kane agreed with what he was trying to do, and saw his vision and and from there he's like yeah he can make me a champion right so then there's no point in really going to city at this point right so yeah do you yeah. do you also think that in a way uh son uh affected that because his son was performing because son son never stopped he signed the contract yeah. even though it pissed all of us off but mm-hmm. he just kept performing right so do you think that would have uh played an impact too Absolutely. I think Son played a massive impact because Son is a guy who want, wants to stay. And uh, he was also performing and it was like, oh, okay. So then he's like, he's like, Son is performing. So well, I should perform as well. So obviously, yeah. like, team, you learn something from your teammates, right? And 
he probably learned that from him and he was just like, okay, let's push, right? If son is working and son is pushing and I should be pushing too. Pretty sure mm-hmm. they're pretty good friends as well. All of those guys over there because uh, they've been together since like the Pochettino era, right? So, and um, they understand what they want from each other and how they want to go about it. And basically, I think, yeah, I think it was a massive, uh, a massive shift basically from that and, Kane was like, okay, I got to come back. And so he started doing this thing again. Right? Yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. No, and uh, Son, Son played phenomenal uh, throughout the season. Back in the, uh, I can't remember what, most goals, uh, tied most goals with Salah. So, yeah. Going um, to joint golden boots. Yeah, joint golden boots. So kudos to the guy because I know we've given him stick because we don't, <laughs> we want him to leave. But um, you look, if Conte mm-hmm. is building something phenomenal there, and you know the um, uh, what they call it, and he's fully bought in. He's he's the type of guy Conte would like by his side, right? So, absolutely, yeah, cool. cool. Um, so that's our segment on Tottenham. Tottenham, uh, you know, obviously finished fourth. They did a, a great job uh, getting mm-hmm. getting themselves into the um, you know the the Champions League and um, um, as I said I'd rather root for them than you know I'd rather see them do something I'd rather see Conte win than see Liverpool or City win win anything cool Uh, let's get let's get over to the other side now that got into the top four so Chelsea got into top four Um, Mm -hmm. you guys finished third at one point it looked like things were gonna be looking raggedy and roughedy <laughs> but yeah. so, but but you guys i think you guys have built up enough cushion and plus the games at hand you could afford to lose games tie games uh but yeah. how do you feel going towards the end of the season with uh chelsea uh it's typical chelsea man like <laughs> You're doing so good, and then all of a sudden you drop off the face of the earth, and then now you're scrambling for points and tying the games that you should be winning and basically just not performing to your level. And mm. as well, basically because with the Champions League also uh, being eliminated, the boys kind of felt like the season was over. And, yeah, yeah we, had, we had the game in hand. Arsenal was pushing. Arsenal came back. They were doing some things. Tottenham was also in the race. Arsenal then fumbled, and we were like, "Oh, we're good." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, but luckily, it was good to at least end the end the season with a win, right? The two-one win, and uh, that's a good uh, that's a good sign that we're we're getting out of the rut that we're in right now. And uh, I think a lot of this uh, issue has been towards because of the the ownership thing, right? And guys basically not performing, like, you know, they, they, they feel like we're, we're going to, like, cease to exist pretty soon by May 30th, right? And, <laughs> uh, and basically, like, not... they Obviously, like, people would say no matter as much as the things that are going on and you, you're, 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 you're to do your job on the pitch, but uh, in a sense where, like, you're looking at your future and you're like, do I need to stay here? Or do I need to start finding a new club? Like, and uh, basically that will always, no matter how much you try to focus on the game and at, at hand, you will still be thinking about that stuff. Yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. But I, 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 I think you guys did a lot though to rally and come yeah. 
around when it came to at least the the FA Cup, uh, FA mm-hmm. Cup final. Um, I, I I think we touched on that lightly last week. I don't know how, if we covered. I can't remember if we covered it fully, but um, you know, you guys did quite quite a lot of work to get yourself there. We should have won it, honestly. To be honest, we should have won the FA Cup. Yeah, and and that that could have gone fifty fifty two because Liverpool also had their chances too, right? So, um, but but still, would you? It's tough. I I, I kind of would say like maybe it's it's almost easy to say okay. They did not, uh, you know, they kind of lost focus. They were not, you know, fully through. There was not a lot for them to be really pushing forward. They're not going to be winning the the league anyway. It looks like either City or Liverpool are going to be winning it. Um, but, uh, you know, would you really say it was because of that that's hampering them, though? Or would you say there's some other things that are really happening? Because, you know, look at what's going on with what happened with Rudiger, right, for mm-hmm. example, right? So, a uh, a uh, um a lot a lot of I think yes like a lot a lot of it was affected by the news right and uh, having mm-hmm. to focus and do your do your 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 job in between all of that like you're thinking about contracts Rudy guys like um I waited for you guys to negotiate and I'm still waiting and I can't wait no more so let's fucking go I'm gonna react. <laughs> um, yeah. The same thing with a few other players were also having that thought, but now it's like with the new owner coming in, they're like, okay, yeah, now we can re-sign. Like it's all in everybody's minds, right? Because at the end mm-hmm. of the day, you're like, damn, you just lost the Champions League, um, yeah. the Champions League uh, um, race that you were going for, and which we shouldn't have lost in a way. Um, if everything was feel good, Chelsea at that point, yes, we rallied. We rallied a shit ton, stuck together, did what we needed to do, all as a team. But that stuff still plays on your mind. And um, uh, basically, the players, they just they, they have uncertain futures. There's a lot of guys with ending contracts and a lot of guys that stop performing. And they, some of them were mostly a lot of our key players. And that just affects you in such a way where it's like, Man, you know, like we could have salvaged something this season. I think the FA Cup final we should have won. Uh, like, like I said, um, yeah. I really think we should have won it. Like, I don't know how I've watched that game like maybe like two, three times, and we had Liverpool on smoke, man. We had them on toast. Even though <laughs> Liverpool had like they had like their chances and everything, we had ours. If we had just buried it, Pulisic had a couple chances, he missed it, and. Yeah, we are right. You don't you don't finish up and you, you let you let the other team basically come back. They win it and then they take the title, right? So yeah, and uh, to lose it as well in penalties and by Mason Mount, man. But I I can't I can't really just go at Mason Mount. Well, Mason like, Mason wasn't the only one who missed. As Pliketa also missed too, yeah, right? So, yeah, key key players, right? Key players yeah. missing missing pens. Like it's not. Shouldn't be happening. It happens. It's, it's it happens. happens. It happens, yeah. right? It's, it's football. Yeah. At the end of the day, like uh, the like, what's his name? Uh, what's his guy saying? Um, the guy, the guy in that. Uh, what's it? The one that just retired. I think is the Nigerian dude. He says, he's like, hey, I wish it. I wish it would have ended differently. But hey, 
it's football, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just the way it is. We just got to recoup now, get ready for next season. We got a new owner coming in. We just need to now bring back our quality, bring back our intensity, know that we're good, like the – like. <laughs> what do you call it? Um, we're not. We're still gonna be in this world by by this time next year because I think the deal is almost done. The government approved uh, Todd Bowley, and uh, just basically just start getting ready for next season because we have we have a lot of work. We need to get some guys' heads straight. We need to fix contracts, and after that, we'll be ready to rock. We are ready to give the the Premier League uh, competition next season for sure. Well, we'll 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 see how that uh, goes uh, next season. Mm-hmm. All right, we're gonna jump over real quick um, to the Arsenal and Manchester United segment. So, uh, the reason why I want to call this the Arsenal and Manchester United segments, uh, uh, obviously, we've wrapped up our piece on the top four side, Tottenham and Chelsea. Um, you know, Liverpool. We all know how they did, um, but. Um, Getting into the Arsenal and uh, uh, um, United side, I want to ask you a question. So, Arsenal looked quite, you know, set to get that top four position, um, yeah, they but they bottled it. Uh, what happened, man? Uh, Arsenal is just a story of of bottling things. <laughs> so, and they did, they did that, and basically. Bottled it. <laughs> um, they had opportunities. They did not finish. They lost the game against Newcastle. Mind you, Newcastle was was the better team, to be honest. So, oh yeah, oh, yeah. Um, they didn't play well at all. When it came down for them to execute the games, they didn't execute them. Um, obviously, beating Chelsea is like a massive award for these Arsenal fans these days, but <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't get you Champions League. So I'm sorry, um, yeah. but I gotta give I gotta give credit where it's due. I gotta give credit to Arteta. He's really changed the team a lot this season. The only thing is he just didn't end up with a Champions League spot because obviously you're vying against you're, you're vying against Antonio Conte. Now, I wouldn't even say Tottenham. You're vying against Antonio Conte. And yeah. you know he needs that. He needs that. Like he he breeds that. And um, basically with that, he's just it's just it is what it is. Arsenal just we're not good enough to make that top four. Maybe next season they can try, but now nah, I don't. <laughs> I see it even much harder for them now to make it even next season. So this yeah. was kind of like the season to kind of establish it and get the job done. All you needed was three points, man. When yeah. it was one, one three-point, you put Tottenham out the race, you and Chelsea can go at it for third place and figure it out from the from, from there. But to leave it and just to be there, almost touch it, yeah, that's got to suck. Sorry, Arsenal fans, but whatever. Y'all niggas suck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Arsenal. Arsenal. Um, but I know you mentioned Arteta, and I really wanted to call this out. I've seen this a lot, and I've – kind of gotten into some, you know, arguments with some people over this. Um, Arteta took this team and took them to fifth, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unai Emery did the exact same thing and he got the sack. Yeah. Why is Arteta getting credit? Like, oh my God, this is such a new thing. And then in fact, if anything, Unai Emery was doing all this while they were still playing in Europe. Mm-hmm. So, 
why is it like why are we being so re, um, re, I don't know revising uh, uh, history here when he had the same opportunity uh, or Unai had the same opportunity he got the sack yeah what is the difference I think uh, the difference is obviously uh, Ateta is an Arsenal legend it seems like the fans are more inclined and they they're more um, intertwined with him in a way um, as opposed to Unai Emery and we know Unai Emery is a genius but the thing is like uh, Arteta the way Arteta has basically handled like the the club I wouldn't even say like just the team I would say the club mm. is he's made some really crazy changes and and he's really like pushed it up to like the board staff room basically and and um Kind but of like Unai, got, Unai, got the culture working for him in a way. I know, but Unai could have done that though. Like, I mean, Unai was working with worse. If you guys are saying, "Oh, it was that bad," yeah, but was getting the same results that he's getting now. Yeah, right. So, right. wouldn't you say maybe they should have backed Unai and give him his opportunity to clean house? Because, in my opinion, Unai probably would have gotten them to top four. Of course, absolutely, right. That, that's yeah. a very good point. Yeah. But the fact that he's a legend, I think the Arsenal people, the Arsenal fans, and the and their board are obviously delusional. If you do this shit at Chelsea, you get fired. <laughs> Look at yeah, like, this, it's so, not just them. It's not just them. And we'll get over to United side in a bit because this is this is the one problem that I have with legends and all their crap that anytime people bring up legends and stuff like yeah i get it right like you know i've i mean what was it martin came on our show right and talked about uh you know soksha and um how they celebrated when he put you know put uh united up uh in front against Bayern munich in 1999 um mm -hmm. and and this is this is understandable but, um, you know, even you, to an extent, let's bring up the Lampard thing, you know, back in Lampard to the teeth and everybody were like, look, this guy needs to get the sack. You were like, no, you know, he's he's our legend and all that. But but the thing I always go back to saying is the board and the ownership dictates the standards. Right. So if you guys allow, um, you know, poor standards and you you, you put it under the pretense of. Oh, you know, we're gonna we're building in six years. We're gonna get there. Like, look at how long it took club. You know, what I mean, things like that. If you if you are gonna be using it based off the pretense of that, mm -hmm. let's be realistic. Not every situation will be exactly like clubs. And if, I hear people say this all the time. You know, back him, give him time, blah blah blah. It's like, okay, well, he just got you guys back to the mm -hmm. position you guys were before he left. And then they were like, oh, the culture was bad. And all. okay, what culture? You know, Aubameyang <laughs> that you guys are crying about goes to Barcelona and is doing the exact same thing. Now, I do agree with Teta on doing that. I absolutely agree with him. Like, I agree, like, eh, that they backed him on that. I'm not saying they shouldn't have. But I'm just saying, like, Unai was doing so much more with less backing. Mm -hmm. what is the difference right so that's why i question i question this whole thing like oh yeah like you know uh arteta is this and arteta is that and i'm just like guys like 
tell me what really is the difference here i don't see the difference um I, in fact i actually see uh them going back to the start going going back to where they they finished three years ago that's the way mm -hmm. i see right yeah so absolutely. and then and then if you throw it in again in europe guess what's going to happen they're going to be playing extra set of games and mm -hmm. this is a thing nobody was thinking about as i say Nai was doing all this stuff while playing in europe so i think a lot of people really need to kind of we should be very careful of how we're re, you know we're revising this whole season for uh arsenal and Arteta. and I think Arteta is not a bad coach. I think he's actually a good coach. I think he's a good coach. Maybe as a manager, I'm not sure if he's a great manager, but he's a good mm -hmm. coach. Um, and uh, but I just want to say one thing that you know that if you're looking for a coach, Unai was just as good. And if you're looking mm -hmm. for a manager, Unai is just as good, if if not even better, in my opinion. In fact, Unai is better because Unai of has actually. He's won things. Like, he won the Europa League with Villarreal. He's done it so many times with Sevilla. He's mm -hmm. won, even even though we can make fun of, of Paris Saint-Germain, but he, he was recognized enough to win, uh, to go to Paris Saint-Germain and uh, win uh, uh, the, the you know, become a champion in, in Ligon. So, people always like to, like, revise history here. And I'm just like, guys, like, Let's be let's really be very very cautious of of this because it's clear that um uh you know that that uh, that Unai is just better in my opinion but mm -hmm. we're 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 giving Arteta a little bit more leeway for whatever reason so anywho um he has a young team he's done well I think he's a good coach but I also yeah. think that um you know. Uh, he had an uh, that th this was a massive, big missed opportunity on their side, um, and you know, considering how bad, for example, United has been, and considering mm -hmm. as you said, they only needed three points. Literally, yeah. that was what they needed to like put themselves in good standing, and they didn't mm -hmm. do that. So, um, cool. Let's jump over to United. Ten Hag is joining Manchester United. United finished at sixth. Um, it it came down to the final day. We just. Uh, you know, Brighton saved us. Um, you know, and uh, what a what a horrible season, man! This has been. It's not even funny. Like talking about this season, um, it, it, I mean, it's is it's clear for us to say. Can we all just agree right away that Ratnik, in a way, as much as as much as you know, he's he's hitting other notes that we like. Ratnik mm -hmm. has been a failure. I might say that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's been a failure because uh, the guy had his opportunity to, in my opinion, still kind of manage Kid Toffer. In fact, he was in a very bad position. Um, mm -hmm. But I think he didn't help himself any because remember, if any person can, you can go to coaches, the coach's voice on YouTube um, yeah. or the website and you can see Ragnar talk about this, uh, about his pressing thing or his vision of the game. Mm -hmm. But then he talks about this stuff. And then he still doesn't play the personnel that matches the vision of his game. And this is my biggest issue with him. I think he had he had what I call a free hit. Um, yeah. And what everybody calls a free hit, too. Not just me. He had a free hit, right? And even though it wasn't a free hit, because, you know, you have still United fans who are still pissed. He's not going to make tough or anything. But he did have a bit of a free hit. And the free hit was 
you have the opportunity right now, Ragnik, to implement your style of play, to implement your vision of football, and don't give a rat's ass about who you've got to play uh, right. to get, right? Mm -hmm. But my guy was still playing Maguire. He was still <laughs> playing, you know, and, and, and look, please, guys, don't get this wrong. Like, don't get this twisted, right? Eric Ten Hag can come in right now tomorrow and play Maguire. Still play Maguire. <laughs> He'll come in and play, play Maguire. But I'll tell you the difference. The difference is we know that Eric Ten Hag will tell Maguire, like, this is exactly what I want from you, right? Mm -hmm. and, if he and, and if he doesn't do it, we have confidence because of the way he's the way he nego the, the 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 rumors about how he negotiated his contract is this is kind of like I wanted what I wanted, right? Yeah. It came down to what I wanted, not what Manchester United wanted. And mm -hmm. that was why it took long and that's why it took a while for us to make the deal. Right. So Eric er, um Eric Eric Hack can still come tomorrow, play, play Maguire, he can still come tomorrow, play Fred, he can still come tomorrow. Play McTominay, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so let's not get it twisted. But the difference is with Ragnick's team, you were looking and like, okay, I saw an idea in the first maybe game against Crystal Palace, but then after that, I haven't seen anything. What is what is this team? What is going on? And then people could say, okay, you know what? Well, the players got disengaged. They didn't trust him anymore. You know, he threw them under the bus every single time. Oh, what is that? Oh, I don't know what the hell was that. I mean, was that from your phone? No, no, no. Oh, weird. I think it's a, I think there's a bird chirping right here. And it's like, I'm like, what the hell is that? Anyway, <laughs> so anyway, but yeah. So uh, 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 Ragnik, in my opinion, had the opportunity to just come in and play all these guys. Now, there's some things he did, and even though I criticize some of the things, like for example, he promoted uh, Anthony Langa, and I don't think Anthony Langa is that skilled. But I think that's the stuff that I, that I would have looked at Ragnik and say, you know what, you're doing it your way, right? I don't right. think Anthony Langa is a good player. I don't think Hannibal Mejbri is a good player. I think they work hard. Hannibal Mejbri always wants to fight everybody on the pitch. Um, you know, Elanga, you know, has work rate and he has speed, but are they very, uh, uh, are they like skilled? Do they, you know, show you anything that says, hey, this guy should be starting over the rest of the team? Nothing really. But, mm -hmm. but at the end of the whole thing, if he had chosen to put these players instead of some of the things that I saw on the pitch and then say, okay, well, these are kind of the players that don't work for me, I would have still respected that and said, you know what? You live and die by your sword, right? You right. go on, you go on the coach's voice, and you talk about, oh, there, there's, there's no such thing as you could be a little bit pregnant. You see that you're pregnant or not, right? You talk about all these things, but then you're not doing them in the game. Yeah. Or then, and then later on, he said, and then later on, he came out and called out Ronaldo. He said, oh, you know, Ronaldo uh, doesn't, you know, depressing maybe doesn't work for him. I get it. They're not freaking play Ronaldo. Then play somebody mm -hmm. else up front. If we lose the rest of the 10, 20 games left in the season, then so be it. We've lost the rest of the 10, 20 games in it, right? Mm -hmm. So this was my thing, my problem with Ragnik is after all was said and done on the football pitch, he never lived up to his hype. Um, and he, he, he just never did it for me. 
and and it, it became frustrating because I I was like, this is a guy that I think United need to get in so that he can set up the blueprint for when a guy like Ten Hag or Luis Enrique or Julian Lepotegui or whoever that may be comes in uh, to the team. But he ended up he ended up uh, not doing that. Now on the other side, now that's the coaching side. On the other side, the part where he called out everybody. I absolutely love this guy, man. Like, this guy is my freaking hero. He yeah. just trash-talked. If you said anything, he trash-talked you. You know, um, you know, whatever it was, he's like, yeah, you know, the, the here's the issues and blah, blah, blah. He didn't hold back, right? And then he, mm-hmm. he said all the things that we were thinking about Manchester United. He brought it out to the fray. He said, these are the problems. Manchester United need... Like, you know, to get this, they should have signed this type of player years ago. Like, why didn't they do this? He called out the recruiting department. Mm-hmm. Um, he he did all the things, all the things we've been asking for managers to do. He did yeah. all of it. Um, and then he even called out, he's like, hey, maybe we should sign one player this season. Maybe an extra striker. Mason Greenwood is having issues. Obviously, he's, in, you know, he, he, he's, he's no longer playing at this time. But we don't know what the hell is happening there. But, um, you know, uh uh, should we sign an extra striker? Like, there was, and then the club was like, no. So he finally started to call out these things that yeah. we were like, dude, you should have been calling these things out, you know, from the get go. But you know, and, and and this is my problem, right? Like, if you have a guy like Ragnik, who, when you've seen what kind of stuff he's done, um, in terms of building squads and all of that, and how openly he speaks about, okay, who we should kind of get in. Or who we should bring in to to revolu- revolutionize this Manchester United side? Mm-hmm. You would have thought that hey, he would have been a little bit much more, um, uh, what they call it, uh, firm on his ideal mm-hmm. on the pitch. Right, but he didn't quite do it. Anyway, so that's my piece on Ragnik. Ragnik was a disappointment on the coaching on the coaching side, but I think now it's now a matter of let's see if this if if Manchester United will actually give him a shot and will actually listen to him. And that's where we come in with Eric Ten Hag. What do you think about the signing? For for Ten Hag? Yeah. I think it's a brilliant it's a brilliant signing because um Ten Hag definitely negotiated his deals properly. He he had a whole bunch of stipulation. He told them, hey like this is not gonna happen if you don't give me this. So he demanded what he demanded and I love the way he came out and said, why? Because he said, if things are going wrong on the pitch, you will not blame whoever is out, out there. You will blame me, right? Um, uh, whatever whatever's happening, the transfer, um, if, if a transfer goes wrong, you will not blame them. You will blame me. So he's like, why, is, why don't I assume control of all of these positions? That way, um, of all these decisions, that way, if anything happens, then I'm solely responsible for my actions, right? And um, I thought that was actually absolutely so brilliant. And to hear managers say that, like, <laughs> I had never heard that before, right? And uh, it was just something, uh, it was very commendable. I honestly liked it. And uh, I think I think Ragnick is in it. And it's a very good signing as well, because, like, once this once the signings are done, like obviously you know Ragnik is gonna have his ideas of who he wants to bring in and all of that, 
Um, yes. but, but when the season starts, he forgets about all of that, even if they didn't get the players and he works on the players that he has. So he improves them. So in a, in a way, it's kind of like Klopp, right? Where Klopp would be like, yo, yeah, I want this. I want this guy. And they don't give Klopp that guy. Then Klopp and, and, the, and the transfer window closes. Klopp is like, well, what am I going to do? I'm just going to work with these players and obviously I'm not here to lose, right? So I got to improve them so that way our system is solid. So when when next the transfer window opens up, then we can try and get that player again, right? But for now, let me just focus on my work, right? So yeah. I think it's a brilliant signing. I think it will do you guys good. He will come in. It, 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 he, he will not have like – like I, on the pitch, you will see an instant impact. You will see a different change in, in the way in the style of play. But in a, in a sense where it's like um, where things you guys are now looking forward to winning trophies, you guys might have to wait like maybe a year or two, a couple years. I think having Ten Hag in a way also speeds that up in a way, right? Yes. Um, he's also worked with uh, with Pep. He's no he's no stranger to that. He he knows he knows the Ajax way, the way to bring teams up. You know, kind of like Louis Van Gaal, but um, Louis Van Gaal was more. Um, and the way he was playing football, but Eric Ten Hag, he's definitely beautiful football man. Total football, that's what they, that's what he believes in, and it's gonna be, it's gonna be. A, I think it's gonna be good for you guys, man. I'm excited for you guys, and uh, I think it's. I I love having all these competitions come through because it only strengthens and makes the prime better. I don't want to be winning fucking shitty leagues and all that. He fucking culling it farmers league. Fuck that, bro. <laughs> like, you know, every other every other league right now is pretty much almost like a farmers league. The only the only league that's not is the prem. And then uh, Bundesliga is actually starting to change a little bit. But yeah, but I think it's a brilliant signing for you guys. You guys just need to give him patience, give him time, let him work and do what he needs to do. Give him the windows. And uh, the Man United board also needs to fucking respect what they signed on those contracts with his conditions. Yes. And, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I think, I think um, Ten Hag strikes me like the kind of person, like, if you don't give him what he wants, he will walk. Um, yeah. And I, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of things right now that, that, um, that that point to that type of direction for me, like the way United operate. Um, the only good thing I would say out of this is like at least he has Richard Arnold on his side, not Ed Woodward, because Ed Woodward on the side is a nightmare. Richard Arnold is somebody that looks like he wants to do right by Manchester United. Um, and he also looks like, you know what, like he understands I'm restricted by the Glazers, but I need to find a way to back my guy here. Um, the Glazers are restricting me. I need to. I still need to find a way to get my guy what he needs. Mm-hmm. So, I, I think that's kind of the thing. But at the end of the day, it all comes down to the Glazers. If uh, they don't provide the cash, um, they don't provide the cash, right? And and I feel like that Ten Hag just strikes me as the kind of person that's just gonna walk. Um, yeah. But then the other the other kind of unique things about him, and I think you kind of talked about this uh, briefly, was. Uh, you know, total football, all of that. Uh, but he doesn't. He doesn't give me the the strike of somebody who's very like overly charismatic. Like for example, you look at uh, Jurgen Klopp. 
He's mm-hmm. just extremely charismatic. That's his thing. You look at uh, what you call him. Um, so there's Jurgen, there's uh, Conte, very emotional and passionate. Uh, mm-hmm. Klopp is also, you know, charismatic and passionate. Um, mm-hmm. You look at uh, Tuchel, very methodical, but also very, very, like, you know, passionate and charismatic. And it's kind of my way of the highway. Um, he kind of gives me the vibes of, like, you know what? I'm a strict person, but if you do mm-hmm. right by me, I will stand right by you. Like, that's kind of the, the vibes that I get from him is, you know, I'll come in. This is yeah. kind of the way things need to go happen. You guys need to trust me. You guys mm-hmm. need to follow through. And if uh, if you don't, then you're out. You know, but if you if you if you do, yeah. then we're swimming all through the we're we're sailing all through this river uh, together, right? So uh, I love I love that video. Obviously, you remember when uh, there was the talk about uh, Frank Lampard about to get fired and everything. We had that conversation, and the yeah. first person that I chose was actually Eric Ten Hag. You remember mm-hmm. that? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, and. Uh, Man, I love that video where he was yelling at Noah. Man, I love that video. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's like, yeah. Noah, this is our game, not yours, right? Not just yours. Do it for the team. Yeah, do it yeah. for the team. Yeah. yeah, but but no, he's uh, he just strikes me as like you know, he's a real disciplinarian. Mm-hmm. You will, you will, you cannot go there and start messing about, right? right. He gives me that vibe, like. If he tells you to do this, you better do it. Um, right. And I think that the 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 cool thing I like about him, and I know this is you know we all have our thoughts about uh, Ronaldo and all and whatnot, but the cool thing I like about it is he recognizes Ronaldo's skill set and what Ronaldo can bring to his team, and he's not starting off by pissing him off already. Like, oh, you know what? It's my way or the highway. He says, "Look, Ronaldo is phenomenal." Blah blah blah. He says all the right things. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, he also says, "I also, I'm confident in my decisions and in and and uh, my own conviction." So, mm-hmm. um, I I I when I listened to that, I was like, you know what, that's right. As I said, if tomorrow he chooses, he wants to play Maguire, let him play Maguire. If he wants mm-hmm. to play McTominay, let him play McTominay. And people may hate me for saying it. Yes, I personally would not play McTominay. I personally would not play Maguire. But I don't work with them. I don't. I'm not the guy who's coaching them, right? So right. if you go from a guy like Ole who's coaching them, who it looks like there's not a lot of coaching. No, I wasn't not a lot of coaching, but the coaching does not um, highlight their strengths, right? Mm-hmm. And then you go to a guy like Ragnik, who is coaching too as well, doesn't highlight their strengths. Versus now going to a guy like Ten Hag, who potentially could help out, you know, build and bring, bring big these guys up, bring these guys up. Um, yeah, it's uh, the the that's why I'm I'm saying I'm willing to give him that opportunity, and I know that his football is going to be good football. I know it's going to take some time, but his football is going to be big good football. And the last piece too, just kind of like wrap this whole thing up. Last piece too is I've always said this. It is not up to everybody. Always talks about oh, the fans are toxic and all this stuff. Oh, there's Twitter fans. There's the real fans that go to the game. There's all of that. No, it is not, in my opinion, the fans to dictate how toxic or not you are. It is up to the management, and it's up to the players to dictate that. I keep saying this every you know. You go to Real Madrid, for example. I was actually watching um, 
there's this video about uh, uh, how Real Madrid got to the Champions League and how Liverpool got to the Champions League. And in one of the press conferences, Ancelotti came up and said, I don't shy away from criticism. Criticism of anything makes me better. The fans have the right to ask for a better performance from our team. And right. if anything, it makes me better. That for me was like, hallelujah. Like you're hearing it from champion, a guy who's from cha- from a champion that has won five times different mm-hmm. leagues and has also won a couple of uh, Champions Leagues. So you're getting it from a guy like that, right? Now, right. you know, whenever I hear fans like say, oh, don't criticize them because they're, you know, it's almost like they're gods to them. I'm like, come on, guys. Like, you know, we have every right to go after the team if they're not performing. In Madrid, if you're not performing, the fans whistle you. They boo you. People call it, oh, it's weird. But that is the way they are. They they whistle you. They boo you. At Chelsea, if you're not performing, the fans turn and say, hey, get this guy out. Lukaku, yeah. for example, that if I know if he was Manchester United, everybody would be like, oh, you know, we got to protect him a little. All Chelsea came up and said, look, who the hell is this guy? Get mm-hmm. out of here. Like, you're not good enough to... to to, to start, you know, mouthing off and thinking you're, uh, you're anything. But you right. know why? You know why that happens? It is because Tuchel has, uh, and, and Abramovich has set up a system and the standards of winning. Right. Of winning. And if that system and that standard is not, is not upheld, the fan base will absolutely tear you apart. And that right. for me is the, is the biggest thing. And for me, um, and and everybody in United like, oh, yeah, you know, we got to do this. Look, I'm going to be honest with everybody right now. I don't have any problem. I am, I am fully, I am I'm 110% Ten Hag in, 110%. I'm all the way. I am all the way to the infinity. If he stays here for five years, doesn't win anything, I'm all the way because that's the choice I have made with this mm-hmm. type of manager, right? But it is up to Ten Hag to unite the fan base it is not up to the fan base to unite itself. Right. If Ten Hag, if Ten Hag wins, if Ten Hag wins trophies, the mm-hmm. fan base will shut up. That is the reality, right? Look at what Tuko did. First thing he did, bang, he's won his first trophy. Right. Do you hear the person saying anything about him? No. In fact, people are. I see on Twitter, people are begging, please. This we better not screw this 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 talent up. We better not let him. We better not make mistakes and let this type of guy go. Like mm-hmm. these are the things that the fan base is saying itself. That's mm-hmm. what I see all the time on social media, right? And the, uh, the other part, I say it's up. Uh, I say it once again, it is up to Ten Hag and it's up to the management. It's up to the board to make sure that the fans are unified. It is not up to the fan base. The fan base are going to pick sides because that's what fans do. People people are people. People form opinion. People form, um, you know, things. But I I have full confidence that Ten Hag will, will, do his, will keep his own end of the bargain. Mm-hmm. But will the board do that? And that's, my, that's what I'm trying to get to is at the end of the day, just you watch. The fan base will get behind this guy. They will go all the way for him. Mm-hmm. If he wins something... Oh my God! Nobody like he will be almost be untouchable because that's the United fan base. United fan base, you just you win one thing, and all of a sudden we all love you, right? So mm-hmm. if he wins, if he wins a trophy, you just watch. Every single person 
will have him like back to the tee. Like they're already loving him right now. He hasn't even done anything. Imagine when he does do something, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's up to him to do that. And I said for me, 100, 110%, I'm all in, man. Like this guy, they got to give him whatever he wants. The board's got to back him. The board's got to sign players. They've got to get people in. Um, but it is up to it is up to the board. It's up to him to win. That that is what is going to get this fan base united, and that's what is going to get the backing in. And you know what? That's that's what I'm looking forward to. So mm-hmm. it's going to be a long, hard road because I think he's a, uh, I think he's already been handicapped quite a bit. But right. let's see. Let's see. All right, guys. Um, I think we should close it off there, man. We've been we've been on here for about an hour forty. Lots yeah. of talk as usual. Um, but uh, we would love to see how uh, tomorrow's game goes. Um, you know, where are you going to be watching the game, man? Uh, I think we're going out to Shanks with uh, the FC1 and the FC2 boys. Oh, nice. Nice. Ooh. Nice for you guys. Yeah. yeah. Where are you watching it? Uh, I don't know. I think I'll do it from home because I need to clean. <laughs> I'm lame. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> and I also need, I want I want my full tactical brain all over this game. I don't want to be distracted by noise or anything. Um, I want to hear every little detail from the commentators. Mm-hmm. I want to see every little like thing that I can see. I don't want to miss out. My mind wants to be fully engaged while watching, while watching this game. So. Um, I probably watch it at home. Oh, maybe I might invite uh, Z to come over, and then uh, we'll see if he if he can watch it together. But uh, if not, yeah, it's gonna be it's just gonna be me, man. Okay. If I don't if I don't feel like uh, going out, then I'll pull up there. Awesome, man. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, thanks everybody for listening to the show. Uh, we appreciate you guys, you know, spending time with us and doing so. Um, if you like it, please share, do whatever, subscribe, whatever you gotta do. Um, if there's notifications, I don't even know how to use this bloody app, but if there's notifications, I don't know, turn it on, uh, whatever app you're using. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, um, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll love to give you guys an update once, uh, the match is done and talk about how the game went. Mm-hmm. Thanks guys. Okay. You take care. Bye guys. Cheers.